What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Brilliant Resilient Experience. And that's something I'm trying to do with my promotion as I'm trying to build these fighters up, you know, get them fans, give them a chance to, to shine and as an amateur. And that way, yeah. when they do turn pro, they have a following, they can sell tickets, and they're going to make more money. Today, we have a very special guest. He is an absolute savant in the St. Louis kickboxing scene. He is a kickboxing promoter. He owns a gym. He's a coach. He's also a fighter himself. He's the owner of the Stand Up Fight Series kickboxing promotion based right here in St. Louis. And he's also the owner and head coach at Maryville Muay Thai. I'm really excited to talk to him about the growth of the sport, what he sees for the future of Stand Up Fight Series, and most importantly, the upcoming event on November 11th in St. Charles, Missouri. Let's go ahead and bring on Chad Mueller. How are you? I'm cold because I'm in my new gym and I've been battling with the gas company because they were supposed to come last week and they showed up on the wrong day. Then they couldn't book me for another week out. Oh, I was going to ask you about that because I saw a picture you'd posted um, saying that you had a new gym because you own Maryville Muay Thai, right? Correct. Yep. And then um, where is this gym at? This one's in St. Peter's, Missouri. Oh, nice. Yeah. Kind of more yeah. my neck of the woods. That's awesome. Okay. Yep. So you, um, where's, uh, is Maryville Muay Thai? Is that like over by Maryville, like the school? No, it's in Illinois. So like Collinsville, Oh, Maryville. oh yeah. so that's way out there. Okay. Nice. So you've yeah, got 45 minutes from here. Illinois and Missouri now. That's exactly. awesome. Yep. Sweet. So you're expanding. I, I am. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really exciting. Well, cool. Well, um, yeah, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about because I had saw that. I was like, huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that one's All Saints, right? Was the name Correct. of it? Yep. Nice. What made you kind of decide to uh, open a second location? Um, you know, being a promoter, is it are we in the podcast now? Is this it? Yes. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I thought you didn't do an intro, so I wasn't sure. Uh, oh no, I already did your intro. You're good. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, being a promoter, having fights, you know, there's not a lot of gyms out here, you know, for stand up. You know, my last couple cards, it's been um, my gym, maybe the church, ES MMA, and maybe like one or two guys from like a different gym. And, you know, so if I want to keep putting on shows, we need to keep having more talent. I want to keep growing like uh, Maryville, my gym in Maryville is the only Muay Thai gym in the St. Louis area. So I figured, why not? You know, I have the free time, you know, I've had Maryville now for 12 years. So that place kind of runs itself. Uh, I'm there three days a week. So now I'm here three days a week. I got Jimmy's Taylor over here. I'm going to be coaching some classes at the new gym. So it's just kind of a win-win for me because, I can get more talent, more fighters into the area. I can continue to grow Muay Thai, which is I'm passionate about. And then, um, yeah. but yeah. And then also I live over here in St. Peter's now. And my wife nice. has been uh, pestering me about opening one over here for a while. So <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's awesome. Yeah. I was thinking about that not too long ago, actually. I was talking to somebody about that. I'm like, there's a lot of um, jujitsu gyms and even a lot of MMA gyms, especially like in St. Charles County. Um, there's tons of like jujitsu and even like Taekwondo and stuff like that, karate, but mm -hmm. there's not really a whole lot of like boxing, striking gyms or even kickboxing um, where it's more like the Muay Thai type of thing. Um, and I, I just started training at ES a couple months ago 
And that was one reason that I wanted to train there was just because of their striking program, because I wanted to kind of start with more and I've trained boxing before, but I wanted to start with more of like just focusing on the striking boxing and then maybe get into kickboxing and then later on add the grappling and all that stuff. Uh, if you know, that's something I end up wanting to do. So I, I really like that they had so many boxing classes and so many striking classes. Cause it's like, yeah, there's in, I obviously jujitsu is awesome. Um, but it's something that I want to do kind of later on. It's not something I want to do like right now. And so I, yeah, but I noticed that there's just, just tons of jujitsu programs and then, yeah, I feel like the striking is a little lacking. So that's awesome that you're kind of bringing that to uh, St. Charles County. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and we're going to have more, uh, you know, as I'm getting these fighters built up, uh, I'm going to help them open gyms, you know, so the Muay Thai in the area is just only getting started. So I'm excited. That's really cool. I feel like, yeah, we need that in, in Missouri and in the St. Louis scene is just to kind of more of like a scalable type of thing where it's not just one gym and here's a gym there and there's a gym here and it's all separate teams. It's like kind of replicating yourself in a way a little bit, which is awesome. Um, so you're obviously pretty much live and breathe, um, combat sports. So has this been something that you've been involved in your entire life or how, I guess, kind of going back in time, how did you get into it? Yeah. So when I was about 10 or 11, I started with Taekwondo, did that for a couple of years. And then when I was 16, um, I had, so they're going to date me a little bit. So back in the day, to watch UFC, uh, you could get them at Blockbuster. And I used to always see like the UFC videos at Blockbuster, but you had to be over 16 to rent them. So I couldn't rent it. So I finally turned 16 and I ran the UFC and I saw them hitting the pads. And I was like, that looks sweet. <laughs> like I want to do that. So then I looked up a kickboxing gym because um, there really wasn't MMA gyms back then. And like, this was like 2002, 2003. There wasn't really kickboxing gyms or MMA gyms. So I found a kickboxing gym. It was American style. It was Ronnie Deleonge, who's a two-time world champion. Um, it was the above the waist kickboxing. So that's kind of how I got my start. Um, and then from there, I just been training ever since. Nice. That's awesome. So it wasn't something that like your family kind of got you into, something no. you kind of just found on your own. Exactly. Yep. I, I love the nice. Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and the three ninjas growing up. So it was just kind of the a good era uh to come up in. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm the same way. Like I just kind of started watching it. Like a couple of my friends watched it. And at first I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, you guys watch this stuff. <laughs> and, then, and then, and then I was like, oh, I love this. This is awesome. And my dad's a huge MMA fan, but he never really was like training martial arts or anything like that. Like he had, you know, hit the bag and stuff like that in his dad box. But like, yeah, he never really did anything. So it was uh, kind of similar. Like I just kind of found it on my own and then it just became my obsession. Um, obviously now I'm like all in obsessed with it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's really cool. And how did you, I guess, I mean, you, you were, you were a fighter before, um, Correct. When, and you don't fight anymore. Do you, I mean, I can't no, imagine my last fight time. was in 2019 uh, and then right after that, so I had two fights. My goal uh, going into 2020, I had just turned pro, was to have 12 fights that year. So that was like I was going to Thailand a bunch. I was training, fighting over there. And oh, wow. that was 
that was my big goal was to have, you know, 12 fights that year. Well, I was two fights in in five weeks. And in December, I dislocated my knee for the fourth time. It had been 17 years since it happened. So I thought I was like over that phase of my life, uh, but apparently not. So I dislocated my knee again. And the doctor said, you know, you need surgery, you know, or else it's just going to keep happening. Uh, And every time you do it, you know, there's a chance you're going to tear your ACL and stuff like that. So my knee, I was, I was ready to fight again. I was, you know, motivated. I'm going to rehab this, but my knee just never, uh, it never kind of atrophied. So I lost a lot of strength in my knee and there's a lot of stability. So I just don't trust it anymore, but I still kind of want to do one more fight, maybe in Thailand. So we'll see if I can talk my wife into it. uh, That's the big battle. That's the, that's the fight before the fight. Did you see what they're doing in Thailand on Saturday? Yeah, I know. Did I see? Yes, with Sanchai and uh, Bare Knuckle. And, uh, <laughs> That's Bacalli. so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, now, I couldn't believe we'll see if it I actually happens that. or not. But I know. That's why I was. I looked at. It, I'm like, there's no way this is real. I'm like, this is. I'm like, there's just no way. So it's kind of uh, funny. Sanchai was at my gym last year. Really. And afterwards, we were eating a bunch of Thai food and we were talking and and now we were. I don't know how it came up. I think it was just, you know, do you have any fights that you're looking forward to? And he goes, I really want to fight Bacow. And now we all thought he was just like, kind of like oh, joking. Um, but then like three weeks after he said that, that fight announcement happened. And we're like, oh, he was serious. <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how that plays. I'm I'm going to watch it because it's on in the morning. Yeah. So probably like, about 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it. I'm so curious because I'm like, this is just going to be nuts if it actually happens, like if they actually show up and make that fight happen, Mm -hmm. uh, if nothing falls through. um, Yeah, that's just going to be insane. And that's something too that I've kind of wanted to delve into a little bit more because like obviously uh, with MMA, I'm pretty well versed on like all the promotions and the fighters and stuff, but kickboxing is honestly a new thing for me. So it's something I'm really excited to learn more about and, you know, being involved with stand up fight series and talking to people like you, I feel like will help me a lot with kind of learning more of the kickboxing side. And, and that can only help with my MMA knowledge too. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I feel like the sport has so much potential to grow and especially in the u.s like it's obviously big in thailand and even like the dutch kickboxing and stuff like that but here it's not as big but gosh it it has a lot of potential um especially for people who i feel like that's a lot of times the hesitation with some people with mma especially now that it's so advanced is the grappling they don't really understand a lot of the exchanges whereas when they're watching kickboxing it's kind of easier for them to follow it i feel like I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, so I definitely agree. Um, you know, everyone's favorite part of the MMA fight is when they're standing. Yeah, um, you know, exactly. so so kickboxing used to we used to sell at arenas. So my mentor with the promotions, his name is Johnny Davis. He was a two-time world champion. You know, they would sell out arenas when they would fight. They were on ESPN. You know, it was you know big-time fights. And then when MMA came in, everyone kind of shifted their focus to that. And we kind of forgot about our sport. So our sport used to do nine, 12 round title fights for the American kickboxers. And they were getting paid really, really well. But when MMA came, for some reason, all the promoters started doing three and five rounds. Um, so I think that was kind of the wrong you know, route to go. Uh, you know, we had a lot of exciting fighters. That's another thing, you know, like, you know, Rick Rufus, uh, Don Wilson. Uh, there's just so many of them. Uh they were exciting to watch 
And yeah. now, like, if you look at American kickboxing and Muay Thai, there's not really anyone that's, like, super exciting to watch it. Like, oh, I got to get up and, like, watch this guy. And that's something I'm trying to do with my promotion as I'm trying to build these fighters up, you know, get them fans, give them a chance to, to shine and as an amateur. And that way, yeah. when they do turn pro, they have a following, they can sell tickets, and they're going to make more money. But if you, you want to turn pro and you sell 10 tickets, well, I'm not going to pay you, you know, a good amount of money. Um, so it's kind of like a hand in hand thing, but, uh, I think, yeah. uh, going more rounds, like we've been doing like the nine round fights and just, you know, building these fighters up. I think we can get back to it. I think it'll take someone with big money. Uh, I think it'd be cool. I, I'm not a big fan of like the UFC of like doing kickboxing because I know they're not going to do it justice. Uh, I would love for some really rich guy to give me a bunch of money to do it. That'd be great. <laughs> so if you're watching <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'll be, I'm your guy. I'll, I'll, I'll grow this with you. Um, but yeah, it's just so hard. You know, it, it's, I want the sport to grow. Um, I just don't know how, you know, besides what I've been doing with the point tournaments and with the fight nights, with the stand-up fight series. Um, but it really is just, it, it's almost like uh, some of these big promoters in like boxing. Um, mm -hmm. They get one big boxer, they build them up. And they can sell out that arena. You know, that's kind of what I want to do. And I, I think that's kind of my avenue is I got to find that star and build yep. them up, build them up into a world champion. Um, and then the fans will come. Absolutely. And I think that, honestly, I've seen several fighters that you've had on that in, in some that are going to be in uh, the November 11th card that it could be. I really do think so. And I think it's just more so... Um, getting promotion i mean and that's why i've been trying to kind of help show a little bit of their personality with like the podcast and bringing them on and i'm hoping that really helps too um and anything i can do to help just let me know for sure because i know it takes a village it's not it's not something you can just do by yourself like you know you gotta have people on, in your corner to help you and um but i do think it has a lot of potential so that's why i've been wanting to help grow and um and go to the events and bring people to the events too because it's really it's exciting it's not something where they have to follow the whole sport to really have fun at the event and to be entertained it's like they could have never seen a combat sports event before go to that event and have a great time so and even though it's amateur fighters it's like they're not gonna care they just want to see you know knockouts they want to see action like they don't care who's fighting necessarily and then but but then if you can get you know a, a big star i think that will only take it to a whole nother level um and then like you said bringing kind of helping them build their career while they're an amateur Cause it's almost kind of like anything else, you know, you want to do the things that you are going to do when you get to that level, even when you're at the amateur level, you know, yeah. like doing interviews, doing post fight stuff and doing, uh, press conferences and all that kind of stuff. And I was even thinking, I'm like, man, how cool would that be if we had like a press conference for these things? Like, that'd be so dope. Like <laughs> I would love it. And, um, and it would just be, it would be really cool. And I think what you're doing is awesome. And it and it helps the fighters too, because it helps get more attention on them. And then they can get, you know, better sponsorships and all kinds of things. So I um I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's really cool. And not a lot of other people are doing what you're doing, especially on the amateur level. So um that's awesome. When when did this all start with stand-up fight series? How how long have you been doing it? So it, it before I go on to that, 
something they kind of said, you know, I've been on a big like a uh, kick. Uh, I'm actually recording in my own episode uh, on this just for the state of fight series podcast, but nice. the fighters, you got to let people know you're a fighter. You know, you got to post <laughs> on social media. You got to do the things like, like what you're doing, have your own podcast, like build a fan base. You know, that's the way to do it. That's how you make good money in this sport. I had a guy for the IKF USA title for my pro fight. Um, he wanted to fight Drew Gigax and he was asking for this crazy amount of money. And I'm like, dude, you, you don't, you won't even sell 10 pay-per-views. Like, why would I pay you that money? <laughs> uh, you know, it's got to make sense. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is a business and yeah. I'm not just out here to give handouts, you know, free money, you know, you got to pull your own weight as well. Uh, but the way I got started yeah. with this is I was actually at an IKF East Coast Classic tournament uh, out in Myrtle Beach. And I thought I was walking into the locker room and I walked in and there's like these people fighting on these like mats. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I had no idea what was happening. Well, come to find out it was the IKF point kickboxing tournament side. You know, then they also mm -hmm. had a side with the ring and doing the full contact fights in there. So I was like, what is going on? Uh, this is kind of cool. So then I called that promoter and I was like, hey, what can we do to bring this to St. Louis? He goes, yeah, you could be the promoter. Right? You could do it. I'm like, oh, OK. I didn't know that was like a, a thing. Like, <laughs> I thought you would just come and like just bring the tournament. I know I could be involved because I had always wanted to be a promoter. I just didn't know how to get into it. It was kind yeah. of like that paralysis by analysis thing, because, I mean, these shows, I spend a lot of money on these shows. You know, it's no joke. Like you could lose your ass tell. on these shows. You know, I know plenty of people who have done a show and lost $20,000. So uh, it's a very scary game. But doing the point tournaments and having Johnny Davis mentor me, he has been a promoter for over 20 years out in California, very successful over there. And he's mentored me, showed me the ropes, you know, taught me how to do it. And that way I had the confidence, you know, I, I, I think I did like six PKBs before I did my first full contact show. Uh, so I had a really good experience of running an event uh, before I even did my first full one. So that's awesome. Yeah, I was really curious about that because I'm like, how do you just become a promoter? I'm like, I would have no idea how to even remotely get started doing that. Like, that's crazy. But that's awesome. And then, you know, you never know how far you can take it. I mean, honestly, um, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. And especially to do it here in St. Louis is awesome. I feel like we need, you know, a big fight promotion like that, that, you know, non MMA fans, you know, mm -hmm. will want to come to, because like I said, a lot of, a lot of fans or people that want to go to fights, like they just don't understand the whole sport of MMA. So they're like, ah, I don't know. But then kickboxing, it's just a completely different sport and it's more, um, action packed, more entertaining and, and something that I feel like will be easier to get people into from outside of the sport, which is kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, that's kind of my vision for what I'm doing with my podcast and in my content is to bring people from outside of the sport to uh, combat sports. And because that's the only way to grow it. You know, if if you're if your whole circle of who you talk to and who's watching your content, if if your whole circle is only combat sports people, only MMA people, then you're never really going to grow because you're just competing. You know, you're just competing with all the other promotions and you're competing with all the other, you know, fighters and all that kind of stuff. So it's like if you kind of focus on okay, can I bring people from 
stand-up comedy? Can I bring people from other, you know, like other avenues and help kind of grow the sport? Because I think there is a huge untapped market out there of people that want to maybe do something different on the weekends besides go to the bar, besides, you know, they want to do something fun. And it's something that is just different. And it's, you don't have to drive two hours to go there. You know, you don't have to pay $300 for tickets like the UFC. It's something that is relatively affordable and it's entertaining and it's fun. So I love it. I think it's great. Well, yeah. And you, you nailed it, you know, especially out here in St. Louis, you know, someone was asking me the other day, like, do I want to go out and like do shows in other places? And I said, not really. Like, I want to grow this here in St. Louis because I think, you know, here in the middle of the country, it's easy to bring fighters in. Um, and I want to build these amateurs that we have up now. So, like, right now, people have been building up, you know, Patrick Vega, uh, Trey Lewis, Carter Rustio, Ty Brackett, uh, Big Country, Austin Miller, Kendall Whited. Um, you know, there's a few other names out there that people have been building up. So that way, when we turn pro, we can really give people, you know, a good show. Yeah, that w- I was wanting to talk to you about that too, because there's a lot of uh, fighters I saw. On- I went to the last show and I was really impressed with that. I was really impressed more so with just the personality, I guess, of mm-hmm. a lot of the fighters and how you kind of made that shine. And with the walkouts, like the walkouts are so awesome. Uh, it's like my favorite walkouts I've seen on a local show. So awesome. And I feel like that is so important. And that's something that um, I really like about BKFC too, like what they do with their walkouts. Like they really kind of bring that personality to it, but then it's a real fight. It's not like WWE where it's a fake fight, mm-hmm. you know, and all this fake glitz and glam, it's like a real fight. So it's really cool. And then, um, there's a lot of fighters on that card that I watched before. And then also on this upcoming one, like even both fighters in the main event, Reese, like I just had him on the show and he's got some personality. He was really fun to talk to. Um, he's got a really cool story. And then Patrick Vega, obviously I think he has huge potential too, to be a big star. Um, he's got like that dog in him, you know, <laughs> like, well, he also has a crazy that. story from, you know, being a former drug addict to, you know, now fighting for the IKF USA title. So, you know, combat sports have changed his life. So it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And I think there's so many people that can resonate with that, even if they're not a fighter, Um, even people who just train, like it's made a huge impact on my life. I mean, it, it's it's not something that I think I'll really ever take to like a professional level or anything. I, I mean, I might, you know, think about competing in maybe like an amateur or something, but uh, at some point just to do it and experience it. But it's not something that I would ever really probably think about as a career. But even then, still just what um, training has done for me mentally is huge. It's, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm a different person when I train. And I've noticed that since I started training at ES again, cause I took like uh, a little over a year off of training. Um, cause I was running my business and I honestly just like gave up everything else in my life just to focus on it. Cause it took up so much of my time. And then when I left, then, um, I kind of realized that there's a big piece of my life missing and it was training. And, um, and I was still lifting and working out obviously, but taking away that training, it just changed my whole mentality. So then when I got back into it, like at first it took me a while and I told Eric, I'm like, I be patient with me. I'm 
kind of a drain in a while. I'm like, I'm going to suck for a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll get back into it and I'll be good. Um, and he's been super patient with me. He's a great coach. So yeah, I really appreciate guy. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. I, I love training there. I couldn't ask for a better gym. I couldn't ask for a better team. Uh, everybody there's so positive. Kendall, Austin Miller, they're just amazing human beings. Like, I love being there. The energy is just amazing at that gym. Um, it, it really is. But it and that's another thing, too. It gives you community uh, because you're around people who are like minded. You're around people who have kind of common goals. So it's been huge for me. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that. And that's kind of what the angle I want to take too with sharing their stories. Um, you know, it's obviously fun to talk trash and do all that stuff. And that obviously helps sell tickets, but I think people get attached to a story too. I think people get attached to somebody they can identify with somebody they can relate to. Um, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, I think that's why Sean Strickland's become really popular because he's kind of got like just a relatable personality. Like, even though a lot of people don't like him, um, there's also a lot of people that relate to him in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and, and other fighter fighters too, with just having that story, um, in that background. But what are some, uh, fights that you're really looking forward to on November 11th? And let's kind of get into, uh, that card. Yeah. So pretty much the whole main card is they're bangers. Uh, you know, the first couple of fights, I think four, first four or five fights are going to be, you know, guys making their debuts or maybe have one or two fights. Um, but then we start getting up there. Um, I think the first, I think the, like the prelim main fight is going to be Ty Prackett versus uh, Leon. So it's got a Thailand versus a Myanmar fight, which is, uh, huge mm-hmm. rivalry between those two countries that uh, that's like how Muay Thai was created the Thais created it to fight uh the Burmese which is now Myanmar um so those two are going to be fighting off uh starting off the fights uh, the, the, no sorry they're gonna be kick, kicking off the main event of the prelim card so that one's going to be really cool so Ty Prackett he's one of my fighters um he's half Thai the kid's just super slick uh, he's I've seen last... him before he was on the yeah, last yeah. card right yeah his debut on his last card it did not look like his debut um, no. You know, you credit that to, you know, he's done a bunch of the point kickboxing tournaments, um, but it's just in his blood, you know, uh, you know, that, that tie of blood. He's a so that killer. That going to be really exciting. Oh yeah. I was really impressed. I remember uh, that was one performance that really stood out to me the last time. Um, and also just his name's really memorable too. And that helps a lot. That really helps a lot. It's more, it's underrated. Like, honestly, like having a good name, whether it's your actual name or you have a fighter name, I think it's really cool. Like Austin Outlaw Miller and, you know, like there's just, there is something to that. Like it's, it's memorable. And I remembered, um, and that was even before I started training at ES. Like I remembered Austin, I remembered Ty and obviously I already, I already known Patrick before that. I've known Patrick for a while. Um, but it, it really does make a big difference. And, and I saw him hitting pads. I think it was on Instagram or something the other day. And I was like, Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's going to be a problem. <laughs> yep. And he's still very, very new. I mean, he's got a long yeah. way to go still. Um, but just what he's shown so far, like I can show him something and he could pick it up really quick. Um, whether it's like mannerisms or just a little, little bit of a technique. 
Um, some people can't do that. Some people, you know, they got to really work at it. He can just um, pick up really quick. And that was kind of like my gift as a fighter. I, I could kind of do the same thing. And that's why I was able to progress really quickly um, when I was in Thailand was I could just pick things up. So some people are, have that. Some people don't. They got to work on it a little bit harder. But Ty's got that. And that's what's going to make him great. That's awesome. So this is only his second fight? Only second fight. Yep. So he's fighting wow. a kid from uh, Marathon MMA. Uh, oh yeah, from uh, think, Kansas City, right? Yeah, so I think he's That's two where and Arfield one in MMA. Trains. Yeah, nice. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. How many fights does his opponent have? Uh, he's two and one. Oh, okay. So MMA. they're pretty close. Yeah. So it's oh, an MMA. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. So that's really interesting too. And I've noticed that, like Austin, he was an MMA fighter went to kickboxing and I've noticed, um, and, and Reese has fought in MMA. I think he started with kickboxing and then went MMA and then now back yeah, kickboxing. So that, you know, a lot of guys are doing that because they think that's where the money's going to be at, which it is right now. But, you know, with one FC, you know, getting bigger with Santa fight series, we're going to get bigger. Um, you can, you're going to be able to make money off kickboxing and Muay Thai soon here in America. Uh, look at Australia. Australia is paying really good money for their Thai fighter. So it's coming. Um, guys got to be patient and stop ab abandoning our sport, trying to chase money in MMA because that's what they're doing. And uh, that's what happened um, in the nineties. That's why kickboxing died. Yeah. It seems like now it is, it, it just seems like it's getting harder and harder to make money in MMA from what I've seen, just because first of all, there's so many more fighters now. So many people are doing MMA. So many people are starting training just MMA. Mm -hmm. They're not even starting where it used to be, you know, you're a kickboxer or you're a jujitsu guy or, you know, you're a wrestler. It used to be a very, like everybody had kind of like a strong base before they went to MMA, but now people are going into MMA as an MMA fighter. So it's kind of interesting. And I've noticed that there's just so many more fighters. And I was talking to Keith Richardson about this not too long ago. And um, he was kind of saying how like before, because he he never got to make it to the UFC, but he had 33 pro MMA fights. <laughs> so it's like he had wins over multiple UFC vets mm -hmm. and never got to make it to the UFC. But if he were, you know, maybe five, 10 years later in his career, might have been able to, because now you can get into the UFC with like six, seven pro MMA fights. And like that was unheard of um, mm -hmm. years ago. So it's, it's just, it's insane. And, um, but at the same time, they're doing more shows. They're doing all these, you know, like apex cars with the UFC, like shows pretty much every weekend. Um, and then we got PFL now. So it's just seems like it's getting a little saturated. Um, and it, it's gotta be harder to make money when there's just more fighters and more shows going on. And unless you're a really big name, unless you're selling, you know, a bunch of tickets, unless you're a draw. Um, yeah, I could see it being more and more difficult. And that's why I keep telling people, don't abandon kickboxing. It, it's it's on its way up. There's so much room to grow. Um, you know, just be patient and be loyal. It's coming. Um, another good fight I'm looking forward to is Marcellus Edwards and Dan Harina. Yeah. So that's going to be a good one. Um, you know, Dan's fighting at 205, which is a lot better weight class for him. He's been, he, he dipped his toe. I think he had three heavyweight fights and yeah. he just doesn't belong there. He's a big guy, but he's not naturally that big of a guy. Uh, Marcellus Edwards, you know, he's coming off a loss versus uh, the IKF champion, Clayton Sheldon. But 
Edwards is tough. Like he is, he has probably like close to 30 unsanctioned boxing fights. Um, kind of like a street beef. They have like a Decatur fight night where it's like, it's pretty wild. You look it up <laughs> on YouTube. Awesome. You know. Um, so he has a lot more experience, you know, than what's on the tail of the tape. So sure. that's going to be a good fight because Edwards has been talking smack saying he's going to retire Dan. And so all that did was just motivate Dan more. So it, that's going to be a good one. I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him uh, chirping on social media. I've seen Dan. He's so funny. <laughs> he's a character. He is something else. He is a he's another one that could be a huge character too. Like I mean, especially if he wins this fight, um, I got to bring him on the pod if he wins this fight because he he's such a character. He would be so funny. Um, just great sense of humor and also just. Yeah, it's just a character for sure. With the mohawk, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for that fight too. Um, and that's one thing that I feel like I was kind of thinking about this um when I was talking to Keith too, is like a lot of amateur fighters, their their record and their experience is deceiving a lot of times because their skill level might be a lot higher than what their record shows or what their technical you know experience shows because you have to consider that amateur fighters a lot of times this is not their career this is not what they're doing with 90% of their time this is something they're doing on the side so they don't have the time to do as many fights a lot of times or to train as much as somebody who's, you know, a career fighter. So it's like their skill level could be here, but they've only had, you know, like so many fights. And I feel like that's why a lot of times you go to these, these amateur shows and you see these fighters and a lot of them look like they could be pro because they've been training for so long or because they take their training so seriously but they have a full-time job, you know, like Vince Guerin, he's like a doctor, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like it's crazy. And so I feel like that's something that, that too, a lot of people kind of forget is that, yeah, they have a whole life outside of fighting. This is just what they do on this. This is a hobby for them right now, but they treat it like a career. And I, I love that. Yeah. That's what two of my fighters actually. So one of them, Carter Rustio, he's fighting for the title. Um, he's actually fighting a really tough kid. That's 10 and four. And he's out of Dean Lessie's gym, which is Luke Lessie. So Luke Lessie, he's one of the top, you know, pro Muay Thai fighters. He's probably going to be go getting a call to One FC here pretty soon. Um, he's really fun to watch. So this is his main train partner. So the kid's good. Um, but wow. Carter, so he has just got back from Thailand. Um, he has now been there twice. He fought out there. He did this camp out in Tulum, Mexico, because um, he's a nurse here in St. Louis. So he's able to take, you know, a month off and go nice. out and train where you can only focus on training and live that fighter life so yes he's an amateur but he's been training like a pro for the last year so i'm really excited about him you know he has big goals of you know making it to one fc um you know so i'm trying to build him up get him all this experience mentoring him and, and get him going and then max reed who's also fighting for a title also went and did uh the tulum mexico training camp as well so it's cool to see these kids you know, these young guys you know, living life, you know, doing things like that. Cause I didn't go to Thailand until I was 31. And I just wish so badly that I could have done it when I was in my twenties and just moved out there and lived out there and, and, and trained the way I was supposed to train. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for these kids. That's awesome. That's really cool. I didn't realize that some of these guys were, were training like that. That's awesome. Um, 
Wow. <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you go to these local shows, they, they just train at a local gym, you know, they're not, um, like this weekend we've got Shamrock and, and Josh, he's training at extreme. But other than that, I mean, most of the fighters on the card are probably training at local gyms and, you know, stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, wow. That's awesome. And you just never know who, like, that's why we say when you watch these local shows, you never know who you're going to see and where they are going to go after, you know, later in their career. You just yeah, and that's something know. that I really pride myself as a matchmaker. So I'm really connected, you know, in the Muay Thai kickboxing community in the country. Um, you know, I go to a lot of tournaments. I travel all over the country uh, for all these tournaments. I meet all these coaches. That way I'm always networking. I know who's who. I know who's exciting. I know who I know who pulls out. You know, I know what gyms, you know, stay away from. <laughs> um, and that's why, you know, you said the high level of my fights uh, and my shows is that's one of the big reasons why is I, I have that good um network that i've built you know just like you with you and you were doing with your podcast and all that um same thing and, and unfortunately some of these promoters they don't have a network they aren't you know intertwined into the the community like that yeah well and you're putting yourself out there too like you know i you're the only promoter i've had on my podcast and you're the only promoter that has even wanted to come on so it's like i it's not something that you know a lot of them do and i think it's really cool that you're and i think it's only going to help you um because people want to know who's behind all of this they want to know the story behind it they want to get attached to it a little bit and i think that helps and then you have like a personal um just like a passion for it too. And a passion for all the fighters that you bring on, like, you know, a lot about them. And, you know, a lot of times that's not the case. You mm. know, they, they don't know the whole story behind the fighters. They don't know, like, I'm actually really impressed with how much you know about them. That's so <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And just how intertwined you are with it is really cool. And I think we really need that. Um, and, and you, like you said, networking is so important. Like I tell people that is the most important thing uh, to me that I've done. That's helped me get, you know, and I'm not even anywhere near the point that I want to get to. Like I, I'm trying to go big. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I really am. But it's like, I know there's levels to it. And, and just like fighting, you know, you have to take those steps but in order to sometimes take those steps, you have to network with people who are, at a higher level than you or that are doing things that are maybe in a different lane than you. And then you can kind of bring ideas from, you know, different people. And it's so important. And also just like having people to talk to that get it, you know, like that's also huge because it makes you feel a little less crazy and having people around you that have a growth mindset is really important. Um, that's been something that's been huge for me is talking to people like you talking to people like you know even the fighters like austin miller reese newman i just had them on not too long ago and talking to people like that who really have a vision for their future that is bigger than just fighting in a local show or you know having you know a local thing like they want to go big and those are the kind of people i want to surround myself with for sure Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's how you do it. That's why I have my mentor, Johnny Davis. Um, like I said, he was a two-time world champion. He's the real deal. Um, he's he's the one that started the IKF East Coast Classic. Um, 
you know, without him, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Having mentors is huge too. And, and that's another thing I preach is, you know, find people who are doing it on the level that you want to be doing it. And then you will get to that level a lot faster, uh, rather than trying to figure it all out by yourself. Cause mm -hmm. it's hard <laughs> and it can save you a lot of time. It can save you a lot of headache when a lot of money. you, oh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of money too, for sure. Well, and that's something that I kind of want to help the fighters with is, you know, like you said, it's really important to market yourself as a fighter. And I had, I even had a marketing guy on not too long ago and we were talking about kind of just like how important marketing is for fighting. Um, and it is really important to market yourself and yeah, let people know you are a fighter, let people know, you know, about your fights and, and promote yourself on social media. I mean, social media is free. So it's like, why not? You know, I, like, that's why I'm always posting on social media because it's free. Like, <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. Like I can just sit there and post all the time and it takes me 10 seconds. You know, it, it's not something that takes me hours and hours and hours to do. Um, and even like my content, like I've gotten it down to a process where, you know, I could bust out like this week, I'm, you know, busting out five podcasts. And it's like, I, I've got to a point where I can do that because I figured out a system, I figured out a process. And that's something I kind of want to help the fighters with too, is like helping teach them how to create their own content and teach them how to, you know, kind of get started. Because man, I made a lot of mistakes when I started and I had a lot of headaches and, wasted a lot of time. And if I would have kind of had a little bit more direction and I did have people help me a little bit in the beginning, but I could have used maybe a little bit more help. <laughs> and so that's something too. And, and any fighter that's listening to this, if they want help with, you know, creating their own content and getting started, like by all means, reach out to me, I will help you because I had people help me when I got stuck and I, and it's also just kind of getting started with it too sometimes is the obstacle um, or, or kind of getting out of your comfort zone a little bit with um, putting yourself out there. But um, yeah, that's something that you do really well is focusing on kind of promoting, like you're promoting it on social media constantly. I see and kind of bringing the personality. I saw a clip of Austin Miller. That was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Stuff like that is great. Um, are you guys, or do you guys have a, a TikTok for stand up fight series? No, my wife always gets on me about it, but I just have so much shit going on. Yeah. It, it, you know, between two gyms, the point tournaments, because I, I host point tournaments all around the Midwest. It's not just here in St. Louis. You know, we're going out to Indiana, Kansas City, you know, Georgia, all over. Um, and then also the stand-up fight series. So I just, I got to kind of cut it somewhere and oh, I would yeah. like to get on there. And I want to get to the point where I can hire someone. Um, to do that. Um, it's just not there yet. You know, I always got to remind myself, this is only my fifth show coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why am I not on ESPN yet? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's my fifth show. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I do the same thing. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I was going to say, cause I was really like resistant to TikTok for a while. Like I had a TikTok before and then I kind of got off of it. And then I was like, ah, oh, TikTok's stupid. I'm like, I don't want to you know, TikTok sucks. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, man, I missed out on so many views because I wasn't posting. Like I could have been so much bigger by now, probably if I would have been utilizing it sooner. So I like, I made a separate account just for my podcast and I had one clip on there, get like a hundred thousand views. 
and it was just like a random like i didn't even think anything of it when i posted it. i was just like posting all my clips and um and i've seen other people like i have a friend of mine that has a podcast there's just got four million views on tiktok one of their clips so it's like they're just like giving away views it seems like so i was gonna say yeah if you don't have that that might be something to think about because clips like that like the austin miller one like that's one that i feel like could go viral stuff like that you just never know um, and it could bring a whole lot of attention to it. So, but it is kind of like annoying to have to go to like all these different apps and just like posting and then writing the caption. Like, it just feels like a pain in the ass. So I get it, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it w- I think it would help in, um, yeah. It, in to have one just for stand up fight series where it's just all dedicated to stand up fight series content um in in kind of showcasing the fighters and things like that i think that would be huge but yeah i was resistant to it for a while and i regret it because i i saw like how many people were kind of getting views lately and i'm like dang i should have been doing this a little while ago but um yeah but you do a great job on instagram and facebook and all that and like i said that's super important um how important is that for for the fighters themselves too to to kind of have their own content or um are there any fighters that have like a podcast or that have like constant or that are consistently creating content that you know of? no but they should especially these you know amateurs uh you know back in the day johnny davis my mentor um when he would go running he would have johnny superfoot davis shirts you know front and back people can read it superfoot hats wears it everywhere like my brand i wear my brands everywhere i got my stand-up fight series i wear this every day if i'm not wearing this i'm wearing a maribel muay thai or point tournament you know you gotta be your brand all the time um posting like i said social media make a vlog make a youtube um it's not hard and i always tell people too you can do a thing called post hacking so you can find you know a clip that maybe has gone viral or has like a couple hundred thousand views see what they did and just copy it, make it your own. You know, yep. you don't have to go out there and reinvent the wheel all the time. You can just see oh, what's yeah. working and make your own version of that. Uh, but even just posting um, daily, you know, post your training, post your run, post your what you're eating that day. People are interested. You'll be surprised. Oh, yeah. Especially with um, nutrition and stuff, too. Like even non-fighters. Well, look at that. Like whenever I first kind of got into MMA, that was one thing I really liked about the fighters social media pages was their diet and um, their like some of the recovery, too, because like I have lupus. So recovery is something that's really, really important for me, even just with like my regular lifting routine. So I would see like fighters doing ice baths and stuff like that. And it was really interesting to me. And that was before ice baths were like all big, like they are now, Mm -hmm. like it was way before that. And, um, but so I started doing that like a while ago and that was one thing that was really helpful for me, honestly, was seeing what the fighters do. Cause even though I'm not fighting, it's still things that are helpful for me in just my daily life is, you know, seeing what kind of food they're eating. Um, and cause even though I'm not trying to cut weight or anything like that, I do want to be healthy. And so it kind of inspired me to clean up my diet and it kind of inspired me to like focus more on recovery, like stretching and and foam rolling and doing all that kind of stuff. And all of that came from MMA fighters or um, just combat sports in general. It's just watching from their social media and, and watching like the ultimate fighter too is another thing. 
Um, so I think it's super important. And, and even if people aren't fighters, I think it's content that they want to see. And I think that's why people like, you know, Sean O'Malley or even like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, um, fighters that have a really good like YouTube channel and social media presence. I think that's why they're so successful and why they'll be successful for a long time, even after they're done fighting, because they built such a strong brand and they've been able to figure out how to create content that people will want to watch, even if they're not really interested in the fighting side of it. Absolutely. And, and like I said earlier, the more followers you have, the more people buying tickets, the more you're going to get paid. It's it's that simple. Connie McRae, yep. Jake Paul, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, um, all those guys. You know, it's if you don't have the following, it, it's why would I pay you ten grand to fight? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So, hundred percent. Well, like I said, hopefully I can help out with that. Um, bringing more fighters on the show, I think will help. And any any of your fighters that ever want to come on my show, they're I have a standing invitation, so awesome. <laughs> send them my way. I'll interview them anytime. Uh, yeah, because I always I'm I'm looking to ramp up my schedule because I kind of just went. I kind of just decided to take this full time recently, um, and go all in on it. So and and I think that's the beautiful thing about like kind of what your fighters are doing too with their amateur career is they're doing it on the side while they're working a full-time job and then it's like imagine the level they can take it to when they can do it full-time exactly. and and that's kind of what i'm starting to see is like i'm like oh man i could do five six podcasts a week i'm like yep. this is awesome well and and, and that's uh, like uh when when fighters you know go to thailand and train they get better really quick and the reason being is most of them only train maybe in a week five six hours in a week yeah. In Thailand, that's one day. You're doing six hours a day, yeah. you know, so one day is one week in Thailand, um, you know, so that's why, you know, you get so much better. So imagine, you know, you're able to do that full time and, you know, the amount of progress you're going to get. And also, I just want to say, I am looking forward to the day that I can write, you know, a $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 check. Uh, I am looking forward to that day. That would be so cool. Do you think you're going to start doing uh pro level shows too? So like right now in St. Louis, we don't have the pro talent to do it right now. Mm, um, we have Drew sense. Big X. Um, yeah. You know, he's pretty much the only pro stand up out here. We got Jameese Taylor. Um, so those two are kind of like the only real pros we have, you know, Trey Crawford, but he's, you know, a little bit older now. He's at the end of his career. Uh, he might have a couple more fights. So I'm looking for pros I can build up. Sure. Um, you know, and, and really get there. And, you know, Drew, we were doing that with him. We had a big fight with Aaron Ortiz. Unfortunately, he dropped that. Then he went and fought another promotion, got hurt. Um, you know, so these guys, you know, you got to be loyal a little bit and you got to, you know, be bought into the system because I guarantee you, I I, I paid uh, those pros their biggest payday so far. Nice. That's awesome. You got to feel proud of yourself for that. That's really cool. Well, hopefully we can find some more talent. Are you kind of trying to hopefully find more talent in the like Midwest in Missouri and like this St. Louis area, or are you trying to pull from other States too? Uh, for the pros, I, I need people that sell tickets at the end of the day, you know, you know, they have to be able to pull their weight. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm committed to St. Louis. I, I think we have a lot of talent here. Um, we can build them up. And, and like I said, it only takes that one superstar. That's all I need. It's just one 
um, someone we can really get behind and push. That's going to be a big draw. Um, so we'll see who it is. You know, it might take a couple of years. You know, it, it's, I mean, I'm just, I know I'm excited for the future. You know, that just our whole main card, all those guys are going to be pros one day. And I want to keep yeah. building them up. And we're also going to have Lily Helton, Liz Helton. They're going to be turning pro. Um, they're two of our USA title champions out of here in St. Louis. Um, you know, just getting them to be explosive, getting them to be exciting. Um, you know, these fighters tell them all the time, like, hey, we're not going to make big money, you know, winning decisions. Like, you guys need to go out, put people away, you know, be dynamic, you know, um, be entertaining to watch. For sure. Build. 100%. Yeah, I think um, I think there are definitely some that have some really big potential. Kendall's one of them. I think and, Kendall it could be a huge star. Really you know. haven't seen Trey Lewis yet. Trey Lewis is I've seen a little bit. Artist. I've seen I've seen some posts about him. Is he on that card he on is. the 11th? Yep. So he should okay, have cool. about 10 fights. He's only three and one right now. Should have about 10, 12 fights. People keep backing out. We've been at tournaments. And the whole bracket backs out. You know, it's just crazy. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Okay, I got to check this guy out. Wow. That's awesome. Is he in a title fight? Uh, not a title fight this time. Um, that's my goal, though, next time. Get him a title fight and then turn him pro. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah, I'll have to p make sure I pay close attention. Um, I'm excited this time around because the last time I feel like I was so unfamiliar with it that I yeah. didn't really know what to look for. I was just kind of sitting back and enjoying the show, but this time I feel like I'm a little bit more invested, like, you know, with talking to Austin and, and being at the gym now and talking to Reese and, and talking to all the different fighters. I feel like I'm just more intertwined with the community now, which is really cool. So I'm excited to be able to have a little bit more, um, I guess of like a involvement in it this time around. Whereas before I was kind of just like sitting there by myself, like watching, uh, cause I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't yeah. know any of the fighters besides Patrick. And so this time I'm really excited and I've been spreading the word about it. I've been telling a lot of people about it and, um, so I'm hoping that, and I know it's the same night as UFC, the pay-per-view, but. That's nah, okay. I'm, I'm willing Way to more fun to be there live. <laughs> I'm willing to miss out on a pay-per-view for this. So um, but yeah, it's really cool. And um, so what's the I guess what's the biggest difference between the amateur and the pro fights um in your promotion? Um, I mean, there's not a big difference, you know, besides you know, our pro fighters, they're gonna fight either seven or nine rounds. And eventually okay. when I get the funds, we're going to, you know, do 12 round fights, but I got to pay them enough, you know, to do that. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I don't like the little gloves like, like one FC does even the tie fighters. They all hate it. You know, you're getting more hand injuries, more devastating knockouts, more eye injuries. Um, That's yeah. All that kind of cuts, stuff. You know, like, and I think if you're a fighter, like you shouldn't do those fights unless you get paid very, very well. Um, yeah. But with ours, you know, the nine round fights, that's what separates us. That's what people know, know us about. Um, you know, we had the eighth round knockout for the USA title in our pro fight. I mean, it was incredible. It was just nasty knockout. Um, but if we wouldn't have had that ninth round, we never would have gotten that, you know, so yep. it, was, it was really cool. So that's what really separates it, you know, besides like knees to the head, um, but also the speed, you know, you, when you got those pros, you know, those are guys that have been doing this 10, 12 years, they're going to yeah. have a lot more speed, a lot more pop on their strikes. Um, a little bit more chess match, or a lot more chess match. You know, some of these fighters, you know, like um, pretty much the whole main card, they're all really good fighters, but they're all only three, maybe four years in. 
Um, they sure. don't have um, that pop and that IQ yet. They're getting there. You know, that's why we're building them up. Um, but that's kind of the, the big differences for sure. And then um, I guess what's the difference in the rules in the amateur fights? So the difference in the rules. So like in amateurs, you can't knee to the face. Pros, you can. Okay. Um, and then Muay Thai, you just don't have the elbow pads. Uh, and that's really, that's about it. There's not a big, okay. big difference. Not a huge difference. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was curious about that because I didn't know how many different, but they allow elbows and stuff like that in the amateur? In the amateurs, yep. We oh, just okay. have to have elbow pads on. Sure. Okay. And then do they, they don't wear headgear in all the amateur fights, do so they? So if you have more than three fights, you don't have to wear headgear or shin guards. If you have less than three oh. fights, you have to wear a headgear shin guards. Now that's something I do out of my promotion. Like I you go see. to Shamrock, okay. you got people fighting no gear. And yeah. honestly, they some of those people shouldn't even be fighting, let alone fighting. <laughs> <with you>. yeah. uh, <laughs> being honest. Uh, so you have to kind of earn your right to, to fight without that gear, you know, prove that you can actually fight before we, you know, send you out there. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not trying to prostitute fighters you know, I'm not trying to just throw you out yeah. there and, get you knocked out or get you hurt and put you in situations that you're not ready for. Um, that's something I take pride in is, you know, protecting my fighters and all that. So. That's awesome. I think we need more of that in this sport. And that's something I really like about my gym uh, training at ES because Eric has never even brought up like even sparring yet, which I don't, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even like thinking about sparring. I'm like, I want to really, nail my technique before I even think about sparring again. And I've sparred before, but I, I wasn't ready for it when I started. My cardio wasn't ready for I mean, my cardio got ready for it because mm. I had to, but I feel like kind of, you know, we've evolved so much in the sport. So it's like, why are we still not focusing on the health and safety of the fighters? You know, uh, it's so of- important. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of trainers yeah. that honestly shouldn't be trainers. Um, yeah. You know, they get in there. You know, my gym, when we spar, you know, I do a six-week intro to Muay Thai where they learn how to block or learn how to check. And then we do like one-for-one sparring drills, get them comfortable, kicks only. Um, so we slowly build them up. And some people have to do it, you know, twice, do it 12 weeks. Um, so we don't just throw people in there. But even when we spar, so like I grew up also boxing in the hood. And whenever we boxed, it was not sparring. You were fighting. Yeah. Um, you know, in Thailand, you know, we spar every day, you know, then you're fighting, you know, multiple times in, in a month. So you don't, you don't really spar hard. You know, you work more on your timing, right. your control, um, setting things up. Cause when you're trying to spar hard, right. You're worried about getting hit. So you're not going to try new things. You're going to kind of do what, you know, kind of works. You're not actually getting better. You're not trying new techniques out. Um, so that's kind of why we like that. Now, do we strike now? Do we spar hard every once in a while? Yes. We, you know, we mm-hmm. box hard. Um, we clinch hard, uh, but when we do full Muay Thai sparring, maybe if we're not in a fight camp, maybe once or twice, um, sure. but other than that, we won't really, you know, we still stay light on the head contact, kick the leg, kick the body nice and hard and fast. Yeah. I but, think yeah. that's so important because it can really turn somebody off to the sport too if they get started training and somebody's trying to knock their head off, like that's happened to me yeah, a couple not times. Not a good marketing plan for sure. No, it's really not. And then you're afraid you're, you get gun shy too. And you're afraid to like use your technique because you don't want to get countered and you don't want somebody trying to knock your head off and sparring because 
they, you know, it's like an ego thing for them. And for you, you're just trying to get better. And for them, they're just trying to prove something. And it's like, yeah. And that's why, yeah, I love, and that, I love that comes down to the gym culture. That. You know, the, the coaches, the coaches got to be in control of that. You know, if I see that in my gym, you know, we really don't because in the beginning, I, I really harp on that on respect. You know, this is martial arts. This isn't, you know, street beefs for fighting in the backyard. Um, so I've been really blessed to have a great group, but I also think it's, you know, part of the coach and the, the yeah. uh, community and the structure they have built. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really cool. Kind of what you've done with your gym too. And now you're expanding it and I'm really excited um, to, to check out the new gym, especially with it being, you know, out here in, in St. Charles County, that's super exciting. Um, cause it, it is intimidating for a lot. Of, I think there are a lot of people that want to train martial arts, but they don't because of that. Cause they mm -hmm. don't want to be in this whole ego trip thing and, you know, get their head knocked off because they don't have experience. And because somebody wants to prove they're better than them. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not a fight. It's, you're supposed to just be getting better. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. you want to be tough in your fight, not necessarily in the gym, I think is uh, a better mentality to have is, you know, it's, um, it's to learn, it's to grow, it's to get better. It's not to win. Cause it's win the not, that's not going to, yeah. Yeah. You want to be <laughs> the gym champion, like, when, yep. and especially when it's like somebody that's bigger than you too. It's like, okay, well now you're just a bully. You know? <laughs> yep. Like at, at that point, it's just silly. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate that mentality, uh, with coaches. I think that's so important and so necessary just to bring people to, um, not only watching the sport, but training too. Cause in order to get more talent, you got to get more people to start training and they're not going to want to train somewhere if they're, you know, afraid of the people at the gym, you know, it's so important. Absolutely. And that's, it, it, it draws a lot of people away from this sport you know they go in there and they have a bad experience and we're just hurting the sport in the long run 100 percent, yeah absolutely and you want to make sure that people are safe and you want to make sure that they're um not putting themselves in harm's way uh and especially well in in two like when they're getting ready for a fight you see it all the time fighters having to pull out because they're just sparring too hard um they're training too hard and um uh, yeah, it can really negatively affect your career. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I kind of want to get back to the um the card on November 11th. Um kind of your your final thoughts on the matchups, why should people kind of tune into it and all the information where could where um where could people get tickets and all that good stuff. Yeah, so if you want to get tickets, you can go to standupfightseries.com. Um, we'll also have live pay-per-view available that night. Um, you know, why should you come? You know, if you, I always tell people, if you've never been to a fight night and you've been to like Cardinals baseball or a football game or blues hockey and you enjoyed that, you're going to enjoy these fights. You know, it's nonstop entertainment. There's personality, like you said. There's knockouts. There's drama. Um, you know, they've got everything there. And then the fighters that we bring in, this isn't, you know, a backyard street beast fight. These are all people that, you know, train just for this moment for months, years, and they put everything online. They travel to Thailand to train. They 
you know, this is what they're, you know, I have guys that, you know, are from the hood that they're looking at this to get out, like looking to put food in their family um, on the table. Um, it's not just something for fun that we do. And um, when you come to these fights, you you see that. And like my brother, so my brother's never been to fights and he went to my first one and now he buys like 12 VIP tickets for his, all of his uh, business that he owns for them to all come watch and he uses it as marketing uh, as like a party. You know, he loves it. You know, he gets invested in it. And uh, I think a lot of people, if you've never been, you need to come out, come out, watch these guys, support it. Uh, because these guys are going to be stars. I'm telling you right now, there's this whole main card on this card all have potential to be, you know, pretty big names. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's something that well, it's in uh, St. Charles this time, right? Correct. It's at the boys and girls club. It is. Yep. So we moved out awesome. of downtown St. Louis. We were at the Casaloma ballroom. I loved it. Awesome venue, but our attendance dropped about 50%. Um, oh, people wow. didn't want to go down to the city. Um, it also didn't help that last time the week before it was Cinco de Mayo and two people got shot on Cherokee street. That's uh, right. So that did not help. Uh, so yeah. then I decided, all right, I love this venue, but you know, dollar wise, it's got to make sense. And it wasn't making sense. So we moved to a venue. It's not my favorite place, but we have a great partner with the light lab, um, that had the big led wall. They do the lighting oh, there. Nice. So it's going to look awesome in there. Um, so I'm excited for that. Cool. Yeah, I was curious about that because I saw that it was in St. Charles this time. So I was wondering, you know, if that was just something that, you know, you guys do on a regular basis or if it was like something you were wanting to do permanently. Are you wanting to move them more out west, the events, you think? I, I want somewhere a little bit nicer. Um, you yeah. know, it, it, this place, it's a it's a big basketball gym. But like I said, we're bringing in thousands and thousands of dollars of lights. So it's going to look good yeah. in there. It's not going to be like Hey, we're on a basketball court. Right. Um, it's going to look really good. But, um, you know, I want somewhere I can call home. Um, I have plans on doing a show at Family Arena um, nice. to make it work. We're going to have to do like a multiple um, tournament. You know, so we're going to do like a karate tournament, also a point kickboxing, point boxing tournament during the day. And then at night, maybe do like a mixed card, have a cage and the ring set up. And do, you know, kind of like a double header show of MMA and Muay Thai. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah so that, I I would love that. That would yeah, be so, so that's cool. something we're looking at doing and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, because of course you got to sell the tickets and you got to get the eyeballs on it in order to take it to the next level. So hopefully we can uh, make this one a great show. And then, you know. Who knows what what the future holds? I mean, that would be so cool to see stand up fight series in a big arena like that. I would just be going nuts. <laughs> be so cool, and I'd probably yeah. go extra nuts because you know the worst part of being a promoter is like you're always checking ticket sales. You know, how's this going? Blah blah blah. So it's a lot of yeah, a lot of stress, a lot of worry, and it's a lot of money. You know, that's the problem about the family arena is um, it's not cheap. But right. man, I love St. Louis, but I also hate St. Louis. There's not a lot of good venues here. Um, yeah and if there is they're, they're trying to charge way too much money um we had one hotel um we were at the renaissance hotel and i loved it we had a great partnership with them well then corporate got a hold of it and then corporate <laughs> manager um tried raising it fifteen thousand dollars of what we were already paying um so that wasn't going to oh work gosh. and then um we tried some other big ballrooms they wanted you know twenty thousand dollars for a night rental not going to work 
Um, so it's, it's tough finding a good venue that has enough space. Um, I would love to get into um, Ameristar, but they're in a contract with Shamrock. Um, right. so there's just not many options right now. So if you know anything, let me know. <laughs> uh, if anybody I'll ask around. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, I, I have a pretty decent sized network, both here and outside of St. Louis. Um, so I'll ask around, I'll talk to some people and I'm, I'm bringing, um, my friend with me, who's pretty well connected as well. So awesome. I'll talk to him, um, and see kind of if we can <laughs> come up with some ideas. Cause I think that'd be awesome. And I think it's something that we really need. And if you can't, I think venue does make a big difference in selling tickets too. I think, um, especially right now with the city, like you said, it's hard because a lot of people, even in the city that live there, don't like, I, I have friends that live in the city. They don't do anything in the city. Like they just live there and they do yeah. everything out here. So it's like, I, I think that in as much as I love St. Louis, like I lived in St. Louis for years. I loved it. I lived in South city. I lived in Bevo mill. I lived in Dogtown. lived in Soulard. Like I love St. Louis, but at the same time, like it, it gets to a point at times. And that's why I moved out of the yeah. city because there was a shooting across from my apartment. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really don't, you know, feel safe here. So I think it's cool that you're kind of moving out West and we'll, um, yeah, we'll hopefully try to find some different venues, um, that we can partner with. That'd be awesome. And anything I can do to help, like I said, just let me know. Um, cause I you're doing it right I, now, you know, I love this podcast. <laughs> I love that you're bringing these fighters, giving them a spotlight. And you're also kind of showing them what to do. Like, hey, like this is possible. You can do this. Um, so that's that's yeah. awesome. Anything is possible. Honestly, I believe like the first time I was starting my podcast, like I think I told you last night, um, Sam shared our, our podcast, which is awesome because he is a huge network. I mean, he was just on Rogan not too long ago. And so for, for amateur fighters to get that kind of exposure is just amazing to me. And, um, it's so huge, but like, I talked to him, he's been a kind of a mentor of mine too. Um, talked to him about, um, starting my podcast when I first started it. Cause I had told him I was going to start it years ago and I never did. And then I finally did. And he's like, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, uh, you know, I was kind of yeah. dancing around and he's like, no, what do you really want to do? He's like, cause it's possible. He's like, I'm just telling you, like, it's possible. He's like, what you want to do, you can do it. He's oh, like, yeah. it's not you would have told me but... five years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I'd tell you you're out of your mind, <laughs> uh, you know? So I, that's why I get excited, you know, thinking about, okay, you know, another five years, what's going to be, you know? So oh, yeah. it's pretty cool. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, anything I can do to help, um, let me know. Maybe we'll do at some point, maybe I'll kind of have like a little, I don't know, maybe some kind of a webinar or something like that to teach fighters how to create content or something like that. That'd be fun. Um, and I don't know, anything, like I said, yeah, anything I can do. And I'm trying to kind of help that with the gym too and kind of talking to them about like my process and what I'm doing, giving them the little inside scoop of, you know, how I'm doing my podcast. Cause I think it would be cool if more fighters did what I'm doing. Um, also, and even not even just showing like their training, but like they could even do like fight breakdowns themselves. And I think that would be really cool. Cause I think people want to hear what fighters think about fights. Like they yeah. want to see the fighters opinions on like, 
you know, maybe there's a big kickboxing match that goes down and, or even just talking about like Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury, stuff like that. I think, you know, anything that can get views, obviously, um, they should be talking about, and, and you don't have to have a whole studio. You don't have to have anything fancy. Like I started off with, you know, just a you know, a cheap microphone and, um, and you don't even need that. You, you can just use the microphone on your, on your phone, on your camera. Um, you don't even need anything fancy when you're getting started, you know, cause you'll evolve and you'll, you'll kind of slowly get better and better at like editing and all that. And it takes time, but once you figure it out, then you're like, Oh man, I could take this to a crazy level and do some really cool things. And that's what I'm hoping, like I said, that I can do with, um, bringing people on that are, you know, like brought the BKFC champ on, I've brought on UFC fighters, I've brought on PFL, Gamebred, I'm I'm involved with, you know, Fight Bananas and, and Gamebred FC. And so I'm involved with so many different things. So I'm hoping that that reach and that exposure can help out the local scene and kind of merge them together and, and get the eyeballs on our fights <clears throat> because who knows, at some point people might start traveling out here to come to these shows. Honestly, I mean, people from, you know, the Midwest and other cities in like Illinois, Arkansas, like the surrounding states, like people might start driving up here to, uh, especially if we get, you know, fighters from uh, those states to fight on these cards too. Absolutely. And that's the goal. You know, the goal is not just to be a local show. Yep. hundred percent. Well, that's really cool. Any, any final thoughts, anything else, any shout outs that you want to make or anything like that? No, uh, you know, just come out support these fighters, you know, even if you go to the fights, you don't, you know, know anyone, uh, I guarantee you at the end of the night, you're going to have a favorite fighter. Um, you're going to have a blast, you know, it, it's, it's just a good time. And, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I appreciate what you're doing for the community right now. You know, it's a small community out here of, of fighters and, um, but it's a great community. So thank you again yeah. for doing that. Um, I'm just very blessed and humbled to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited. Uh, I will be there obviously on the 11th and, uh, I'm excited to hang out and, and get to know the fighters even more. Um, it's been really cool to kind of interact with them on social media too, and just kind of seeing all their different personalities. So I'm really excited to meet a lot of them in person and, uh, and see their fights. It's going to be, it's going to be a great event. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you too, for coming on. I mean, I know you're busy. You've got this event coming up. You got your gym, you got your 45 degrees. So yeah. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, and anytime, yeah, you're, you're welcome to come on. And like I said, any of the fighters too, um, if they need, you know, to promote their fights, if they need, um, anything, yeah, just, just let me know and I'll bring them on and create some, some nice content and, uh, hopefully that will help them give them a little pop. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.